0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, welcome back. And just to recap a couple of key points from this morning, the angle of approach that we take to various walls or tensions or habits, has an impact. Um, These things are not inherently a certain way, and they have different properties depending on how they're approached. So that makes a big difference. And then it's, um, it's really in our perception of the walls or the stuckness where the freedom or the bondage lies for us. So we're working to open to different perspectives and um, particularly ones that allow the release of the tensions, which is not something that we need to take on and do, but if we uh, work on them in certain ways, then they can change and eventually transform or release. And the teachings of the Buddha do give us specific guidance about that. And so far we've looked at Um, very detailed, having a very detailed, small approach, and also taking a very large, spacious approach. Those are two options. We'll do two more this afternoon. But I wanted to introduce at this point that a common thread to all of the four meditations that we're doing includes several dimensions of wisdom that the Buddha teaches One of them is the uh, wisdom of seeing things in terms of anicca, which is also impermanence or inconstancy. These usually the two ways it can be understood or translated. And so, for example, in the case of the get small, I encourage you to see if there was any vibrations um, within something that had felt solid before, or whether there was any movement or shifting or some sense of energy or heat coming off of it. So all of these are evidence of a Nietzsche, that something is not just a permanent, fixed, unchanging entity. And when I say it that way, of course, you're you're probably going to agree that yes, everything changes, yes, nothing is fixed. But really, we don't know that at a deep level. We have certain things that we would really like to be fixed and constant. (laughs) And so we kind of believe in those. And it can be for some strange reason, that we believe in our problems that way. We believe in our stuckness and our challenges that way. Um, So we slowly work against that assumption by noticing again and again, oh yeah, there is some change going on here. Uh, This isn't just a fixed entity. It has an, an effect, even if you don't see it immediately. And then another aspect of the wisdom that comes through in these... Types of meditation is the impersonality of what we're seeing, of course, our issues and our challenges and certainly our particular body are highly personal there's not It's not like you're somebody else <laughs> or that there's just a generic cookie cutter thing going on that's not what's meant by that it's just that it's um it can be seen in ways that aren't really about. Me in particular. Um, so if I'm like if this tree that we talked about earlier, yeah, it's a say it's a redwood tree. But as we get closer and we see that it's just cells, and then even closer and we see that it's atoms of carbon, oxygen, nitrogen, hydrogen. Those are probably the most common ones. Um, every atom is identical, actually. So where's the uniqueness of that tree? So in the same way, we start to just narrow in. It's less about my particular thing and my arm or whatever it is, but it's just about the the little vibrations and the moving entities. So it's just a change of perspective. And similarly with the bigness, we feel like maybe there's something that's very... It's sort of obvious that if our mind is as large as the room or as large as the state of California, it includes things that aren't us. (laughs) In fact, the vast majority of the universe is not you. Would you agree on that? Yeah. So, you know, um, this is, again, a little bit way of playing with our, our, our habitual way of seeing things as being all about us. Um, In some sense it's true and in some sense it's not, right? So we we allow ourselves to be a little bit more flexible about that so we're not stuck in just one way of seeing things. And then um, the third aspect of wisdom is the created or constructed nature of the things that we're looking at. And we haven't talked about this one too much yet, but there's a way in which uh, we participate in our experience and we won't have time to fully unpack that. My understanding is that there is another day long, a week from today on with conditionality. So I think I'm gonna defer a little bit on the um, really going into that one. I'm not sure exactly what they'll do on that day. But, um, and this is maybe a little hard to understand from just thinking about it, but there is a way in which we're helping that stuckness to be there. I know you don't want to, I know you're not doing it on purpose, but um, there's a way in which par- we're participating. And that's actually the good news. Because if it were entirely outside of us, that it's there, how could we affect it? How could we ever expect to change it? So we do have a role. We do have a way of doing that. And part of our discovery is to understand how it is that we're helping to, uh, to create that. And some of the meditations this afternoon will point toward that, at least. So I'm calling this out now, halfway through uh, so that it can enrich your experience of the next two meditations, um, yeah, so don't worry about thinking about these things, but I'm just pointing you toward the way that these tie in to the the teachings of the Buddha that we're all learning and practicing together. so there are there any questions at this point? Um, and then we'll we'll go on to the next meditation. Okay. I'll take that as a positive, but I don't know. Maybe you're all just totally confused. But it's okay. You're all still here, which is really good. So the next... Um, I said that there were three, kind of three modes of seeing. And one was to get small and one was to get big. So this next one um, will have <clears throat> two different meditations that go with it. And I call it seeing through or stopping to believe, stopping believing in. So this is also, um, having seen small and big, we are now ready to engage with whatever it is that we're looking at, whether it's a particular stuckness or whether it's just the experience of the breath. It doesn't matter. They're, they're, it'll, all, it'll work for all of those. So now we're ready to engage on its own level, uh, without getting totally sucked into it, because we have some perspective that this particular thing can be worked with. You may not realize it, but you've already done the widening of the range. You've already gotten to the point where you've been able to see things a little bit differently. Even just a little bit in those meditations is is good. So we can now engage on its own level without getting totally sucked into the content or the story or the habit. And there are two techniques that we'll do with this. Um, The first one is... I call focus elsewhere and focus particularly on change. So this is the realization that the the tension that we're experiencing or the wall is really not the whole world. And the premise here, again, for your discovery, is that sometimes our very act of being concerned with something is lending part of the density or the compactness or the tightness or the stuckness. You know, the very fact that we've decided this is a thing and it's a problem uh, is actually con- is contributing to uh, the issue. This is particularly true, you may have seen in the case of pain, if you've ever worked with bodily pain, even the pain of sitting, which everybody has after you've sat for a while, um, your body starts to hurt. <laughs> particularly true when you first start sitting, but it actually goes on, you know, can go on long into our practice is that the posture may be uncomfortable. And so, you know, we get these instructions about being mindful of the pain and uh, not feeding it and not moving right away and so forth. And those help us to understand one thing we can learn from that is the degree to which our worry about the pain actually makes it worse. (laughs) right and it's not a hundred percent it might be that your knee is actually being strained a bit and your back does get tired if you're sitting all day so there is real pain there Um, genuine bodily discomfort but uh, our worry about it and our sense of oh no this is only going to get worse I can't believe there's another half hour left in the meditation how am I going to get through it that actually contributes another fraction on to the pain. My experience is somewhere around 80, 70 to 80 percent of the pain is uh, created by the mind. You may have a different opinion about that. Um, so already we can see that our, our engagement has an effect, right? And so um, what this in the case of meditation, when we're working with one of these areas that we've been stuck with for a while, I call it um, things that must be checked. So we sit down, and the mind eventually goes and says, how's that thing in my stomach doing? (laughs) You know, it's like that's the first thing. And it's just a habit. We just check. We're checking, checking. And then we sit for a while, and maybe we forget about it. And then we say, oh, where is that? And we go back. And it's almost like we have to orient around that thing. I've seen this in my own mind. I'm sharing from my own experience. And so it's possible to um, start to redirect this habit of checking, uh, simply by um, noticing other things in the in our experience and particularly things that are changing because often what we 're checking is we 're checking that something is still there <laughs> we 're checking that something is still constant um, and it happens in our mental and emotional life too we can if we see ourselves as an angry or a sad person, we may check in on our anger and our sadness is it still there how 's it doing um, Because we feel disoriented without it. Where would we be without that? What would we be without our anger or our fear? So um, You can't wish yourself away from believing these things, but we can start to Change that by deliberately noticing things that are changing Okay, so let's um Let's sit So Again, bringing yourself to a meditative posture. Finding something that's upright and also relaxed. Closing your eyes if you feel comfortable doing so. And then just, um, again, allowing the body to relax. So connecting in with any feelings you had earlier of softness, ease in the body. We can use this tendency of the mind to check on things, which I just talked about in terms of checking on difficulties. But we can also use that tendency of the mind to recall the state of relaxation and ease that we felt in meditation it's totally okay to do that so reconnecting with the softness of the face the softness of the eyes maybe on the next exhale relaxing the shoulders a bit letting them sink down a little bit letting the shoulder blades slide down the back softening the belly letting go of any bracing in the arms or the legs opening the hands and the feet and reconnecting with those simple sensations that we talked about in the morning the simple sensations of the breath, of the body sitting no need to make your attention any particular size whatever feels natural is fine Just staying with the non-conceptual, simple flow... Allowing first your body and mind to, to rest in some degree of stillness, some degree of ease. If there's thinking or agitation, maybe trying to let that be there in a container. If there's falling asleep maybe using the energy of the in-breath to keep the mind present just finding some degree of balance So it's natural that as the body and the mind feel even a little bit more still, that it becomes easier to notice change. If your mind is very busy, you can hardly notice that other things are changing. But if there's a bit of stillness, then it becomes clear the way the breath is a continual flow of activity the sounds that are coming are changing it's fine to open to to sound if you would like and so we deliberately turn toward or open to whatever we find in our experience that is shifting or flickering or flowing we rest in that with a non-reactive awareness so it's as if the mind is a a reed that we've placed in a flowing stream and we're just feeling that flow against the reed or that we're sitting still lying on the side of a hillside and we're just Feeling the world change around us as we lie still, the flow of the grass in the wind, the clouds shifting overhead, the sound of the birds. So f- find an image for yourself that that you're resting peacefully and you're allowing yourself to be with the the part of experience that's changing. If there's something in experience that feels like it's solid or coagulated it's okay. We don't have aversion to that, but it's just like a like a rock in the flowing stream and we put our attention more on the water and less on the rock. We just let the water flow around that rock. And then we let ourselves put more and more attention on the water, learning to rest within a changing medium. Being okay with the flow And if while you're attending to the changing, shifting, flowing part of experience, if it feels like one of the more unmoving parts of experience is starting to shift, then any change is just welcomed in to the perception of change. Just allow that to become part of the overall flow So this type of meditation also trains our capacity and flexibility that is being able to choose where we give attention so that we are not required to be drawn into concerns or walls or other things even though they may seem very compelling. It's not freedom if you're getting sucked in all the time. We need to have the freedom to choose to some degree what what we're aware of we don't have total choice over consciousness I don't want to give that impression um, but we can put some energy into that so I remember for example I remember a time in my practice where I was concerned about something and I think it was on a retreat and I had been telling the teacher the same thing for a couple interviews in a row and then um they finally looked at me and said maybe there isn't a problem <laughs> and um i was a little struck by that but i as i allowed that to enter i thought oh they're just pointing me toward you know they're not denying that this is important but they're pointing me toward a different option a different way of seeing that also if you've done any work with the with the dying Um, you know, that's a big deal to be dying and, but often people who are getting close or who, you know, get quite close and then somehow back off will report statements like death is totally safe (laughs) and you think, how can that be? You know, it must be this amazing thing, but it's the realization as doing, while doing it is, oh, it's not really a problem, (laughs) um at least for some folks. So there's, we don't need to make things a problem. This can be a change of perception. So the freedom that comes from this idea, I'll get to you in a moment, um, is that in some cases, the wall vanishes when we're not looking at it. Right? If we're not looking at it, it's not there. And so this is an insight, actually, that the wall is dependent on my participation in it in some way. Each of these methods points toward different ways that we can, um, ch- you know, ch- change our belief in the wall. So that's that's what this one points toward. I, I saw a hand. Um, I have two questions. One is, um,
1: how is this... Um, different than uh, breath meditation, because when you were guiding us, and you know, you said focus on something changing. The most obvious was my breath. Was the breath, yes. So I focused on my breath, and then I was knowing how different this was. And then second, I assume that there is a reason, which I didn't discover somatically, but I can imagine there is a reason in the mind of why you pick something changing as opposed to focus on something else that could be not changing. Can you elaborate on that? Okay. Um, First of all, the breath is
0: a lovely changing object. I recommend it. (laughs) Um, I've done breath meditation for many years. The breath doesn't work for everyone. Um, But there are other things that are changing also, like the, the body sensations themselves. The body can... At at some point in meditation, it tends to feel like kind of a flickering field of sensations, and that can be useful. Um, Sounds are also often changing, especially in an urban environment like this. It's pretty quiet on Saturday, but sometimes there are cars driving by. And so the kind of, I don't want to say random, but the uncontrollable nature of sound, you know, that it's just going to arise and pass can also be another changing object. So I was just being careful to make sure that there was a, a range of possibilities. But the breath is perfectly fine changing object to use. Um, your second question was about the perception of change, like why is that important? Oh, I see. Uh, I have a hint of, you know, but Okay. So why does focus elsewhere mean focus on something changing? Um, it's based on the idea, and this may not be true for everyone in every case, that the, the clinging or the stuckness is a sense of solidity or unchangingness. Um, it's often the case, because one of our primary delusions is to think that things that are impermanent are permanent. <laughs> and so, um, so it can be that that very stuckness, just the act of even trying to work with it in some way can make it more stuck. There's just sometimes we're on a layer of it where that's how it is, and that it's easier to, to work with that layer by looking at the medium around it. And th- which is changing and shifting, and then somehow the heart understands that um, this stuck part is different <laughs> in some way. The wisdom of of looking at change is always relevant. Um, I think I'll switch gears and kind of redirect the question toward if you're watching something that's changing and knowing that it's changing that is um, really a key part of the wisdom of this path. And so any degree that we do that is probably going to be useful in some way. Does that help or am I veering away from what you were aiming at? You could use the mic. Um,
1: So I guess I'm aware of the wisdom of the changing nature of things what I'm trying to understand is how is it that in the body you're trying to make something happen that it's not controlled by the mind like it's almost like okay my body is going to realize that you know for me for example the constant is like overwhelm that uh, I'm focusing on my breath and my breath is changing what I'm trying to understand is how the fact that my breath is changing is going to help. Why is that helpful? Okay. Is going? Am I going to like suddenly it's going to dissolve and I'm going to understand that the overwhelm is also changing? What is the, the okay.
0: idea? Okay. Um, so there's, I don't want to uh, pin anything down too much, um, but one thing that can happen when we look at change is that we realize that um, that it's not well, we realize some degree of freedom. You know, there's there's flexibility there. We have choices. Uh, I'm being careful because this meditation points a little bit differently than other meditations on change. So we can, um, if we're allowing ourselves to become like a fluid medium. Then we realize we may have more. Ch- we may realize we have more choices than we thought. Right? We're not stuck with this one relationship to this one thing. There's me. There's this thing. I've got to deal with it. Um, but you know, instead there's there's other options. So maybe improv is like the uh, real world analogy of this kind of meditation. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll, that's what I'll say in this case. Uh, Focusing on change has other things it can do also. But did I see another hand over here? Of getting small? Yeah, that's a good way to think about it is that the getting small does tend to reveal more details and also more change. So it points toward this f- flux. Um, and But this one wasn't limited in size, right? It could be anything and it could also be sound or whatever. So yeah, it's a different angle on the same thing. Mostly what it does is it changes the degree to which our mind is compelled to focus on that object. Remember in the get small we actually looked at a particular object either the tightness or if you weren't working with that just some area of the breath but in this one I was encouraging not a particular object but the change of whatever was changing so it's actually a somewhat different focus right Mm -hmm. yeah that's right Okay, well, I would like for us then to have a chance to move a little bit. We've been sitting for a while, so we'll do some walking, again, in silence. and Or you're welcome to keep sitting, or sit again, if you'd like. And the instruction for this walking is, again, to incorporate some of what we've just been doing. So focus on the change. Feel the flow of the body. Feel the sounds around you. Feel the way you're moving through the air. Um, in general, the, f- the fluid nature of experience as you walk should be very easy walking is a movement <laughs> so there's that and find some ease and peace in that enjoy the the change and the um the flow if you will and this time we'll come back at uh 2:25 a 20 minute period we'll we'll ring the bell a little bit before that um yeah